So, we're back after a whole debacle, but <laughs> the good news is we're back with two movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so if you didn't know, and you're wondering why this episode was late, um, it's because we watched The Grudge. But you see, I watched the original Japanese Juwan The Grudge, and Marshall watched uh, the American remake The Grudge, which are made by the same person, I believe. Mm-hmm. Juwan. <laughs> but they're like, I think they're both made by like the same person, or it's they're very closely like made. And then the American remake even has some of the same actors in it. So I, and they're they're like the same plot. <laughs> it, it's it's like the exact same plot. And it honestly felt like the American remake was actually just trying to continue it and just put American people in there. They're like, we need some, yeah. we need some representation here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, so yeah, this is a bit of a megasode in a way. We're doing two movies uh, mm-hmm. because they're so similar. There's really no point in doing two different episodes. Uh, so we figure we'll do them in one. But yeah. you might find it hilarious that uh, we were actually 20 minutes or so into recording <laughs> the episode for The Grudge before we realized that we watched two different movies. That's that's how similar the movies are. So, um, yeah, I went through the whole summary and everything. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think we'll probably play a clip here for you of how that went. I, what I found so interesting about that time jump thing is at first I was very iffy, but I think I was only iffy because I was eating chicken while watching this movie and I had like crumbs falling all over me as breaded chicken. And so I was having a heck of a time getting those crumbs off of me and my blankets. Dude, I'm not going to lie. It was quite oh, distracting. And then you kind of lost track of what I, was going on. Just for the first jump. So I was just like, what happened to Buffy? I was just so confused. Um, Wait, who's Buffy? Oh, the the main actress, she plays Buffy, the vampire slayer as well. That's what we were talking about in chat, that she's played both Buffy and Daphne, I believe. Wait. Wait. Played Buffy. <laughs> but isn't everyone in this movie Japanese? No, she's, uh, she's the, the white woman with the blonde hair. Sarah Michelle Gellar. There was a person in this movie with blonde hair did we see the same movie (laughs) (laughs) hold on um i saw juan the grudge you saw juan the grudge (laughs) dear lordian this officially became a comparison podcast why do you think I was saying Japanese names? Well, there are Japanese names in the in the uh, in the two thousand four one. Interesting. What an interesting impasse we've come across. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So our ratings don't matter. So it is adapted from Juan the Grand. The yours is. <laughs> I knew there was something to it. Uh huh. guys we're paths of fear where we explore our horror movies and then get surveys from our audience to get their opinion on it as well i'm marshall and i'm ian (laughs) (laughs) i never do the second half of the t i I hardly do the intro i never even i never do the second half (laughs) you do the second half and today we'll be having a look at the grudge the original one you on the grudge was made 2002 it was written and directed by Takashi Shimatsu. And then the American remake is directed by Takashi Shimatsu, but it's written by Stephen Susko and produced by Sam Rami, Robert Tappert, and Takashi Ikisha. 
probably pronounced that incorrectly, but I believe Sam and Remy and Robert Tappert are also the ones who made The Evil Dead. Ah, one of guest. Well, Ian, do you want to do you want to give us a little teaser for? Can you tease both? I guess they're so similar. You probably can tease both movies. Yeah, I, I can. I can do it. I can find a way. You can honestly, uh, if you I, just don't use names, you can tease both movies at once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm pretty sure the original one that I wrote for Juan the Grudge specifically will work for both movies. So yeah. let, let me let me give it a shot. Let's hear it. When someone dies in the grip of a powerful rage due to a dangerously intense grudge, a curse is born. This curse gathers in that place of death, and all those who encounter it will inevitably be consumed by its fury. Those who survive their initial brush with this curse will carry it with them until it is reborn. Is it possible to survive such a thing? Is it possible for anyone to survive the curse of the grudge? Oh, the grudge. Well, Ian, let's, uh, what did you think of the movies? <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> yeah, the movies. That's right. We're doing two. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the first one, the original one, yes. uh, Jew on the Grudge, uh, I, I give that one a 6.5. Um, I, I liked it, but at, at some points, it, it, it just wasn't all that scary and... Um, and it didn't have a whole lot going for it other than its horror. Like the horror is really the main aspect of the movie. Unlike some other horror movies where even if the horror is not great, it can still be quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was good, but it wasn't like great. So 6.5. Um, now the American remake, The Grudge, I actually give that a 7.5. Oh, okay. I think that it improved a lot of aspects of the original. Um and it definitely raised it by a whole point. So it uh, it had a lot more Buffy, which is always a plus. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I uh, see the original one. I personally gave a four point five. I thought the horror fell short. Um, mm-hmm. And it could just be that I watched the American remake first, and that's why I judged this one so harshly. Maybe, maybe there's a reasoning to that. But like the horror could fell be. short. I felt like the story wasn't so clearly. Like I feel like the American remake did a lot better of a job of establishing their story jumping through time, where the original, it felt kind of wishy-washy, um, mm-hmm. and everything wasn't quite clear. So I gave that one a four, and the American remake, I give that one a good eight. Nice. And I have a big Jurassic. Dev- I really like the horror. The horror messed with me. I was scared. I didn't sleep. So it was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, before we get into the summary, the audience they rated this movie a good. I did this math already last time. I should know this. Hold on, a good six point seven five. Yeah, they were and... they were about it some. <laughs> now now it is. That's for the American now... remake. That is not they. We don't have. Well surveys on the, the thing original. is is that some of our audience members i know oh uh watch the original <laughs> so. oh nice <laughs> so between the two movies with a mixed group that <laughs> saw two different movies both movies averaged out is a 6.7 <laughs> <laughs> yes. so there you go um <laughs> wow uh well, All right, well, would you like a summary? Uh, give us a summary and I'm ready. Okay. So this week's summary is going to be a little different. I'm going to try to summarize both movies simultaneously. Uh, I'm going to be leaving a little bit out, but the basics of the whole summary for both movies should be there. So without further ado. Several years prior to the main plot, Takio Saki murders his wife, Kyoko, after discovering she is in love with another man. He also kills the family cat, Mars, his son, Toshio, and finally, himself. This creates the Juon curse, meaning that whoever enters the Saki house in Nirima, Tokyo, is eventually consumed or killed by the curse. It is said in Japan 
that when a person dies in extreme sorrow or no rage, the emotion remains, becoming a stain upon that place. The memory of what happened repeats itself there. Death becomes a part of that place, killing everything it touches. The latest owners of the house consist of a husband and wife, as well as the husband's elderly mother. The wife is consumed first and is found gasping in bed by the husband. Shortly thereafter, the husband is killed too. Sometime later, a professional caretaker comes to the house to care for the elderly mother. Here, she discovers Toshio but is unaware that he's a ghost. Then, after hearing a phone call coming in from the sister of the husband, she witnesses the vengeful spirit kill the elderly woman, and she falls into a state of shock and paralysis. <gasps> Around the same time, the sister who had been to the house earlier, begins feeling that something is wrong after she leaves her office and can't get a hold of her brother or his family. She keeps hearing strange noises behind her, as if she's being followed, but sees no one. Shortly thereafter, she comes face to face with Kayoko's ghost, and runs to get the help of a security guard. As the security guard goes to check, she watches the hallway from the security camera feed. After the security guard fails to find anything, a dark silhouette appears on the feed. Terrified, the sister leaves the workplace and returns to her apartment, locking herself inside. Soon after, and to great relief, her brother calls her and asks which apartment she's in again. After buzzing him into the building, he seems to arrive immediately at her door. However, upon answering it, he is nowhere to be seen. Back on the phone, only the disturbing sound of the grudge can be heard. The sister hangs up and hides under the blanket in her bed. Kaoko then emerges from under her blanket and consumes her. After failing to report back to work, the caretaker supervisor comes looking for her, and upon finding her and the elderly woman, who's now dead, he contacts the police. Detectives Nakagawa and Nagarashi arrive and discover the bodies of the husband and wife in the attic, and later learn of the sister's disappearance. The caretaker begins experiencing the haunting of the grudge, and her supervisor is killed by Kyoko at his place of work. After watching the security camera footage of the sister's workplace and witnessing the appearance of the grudge, one of the detectives goes to burn the cursed house down. Before he can, though, he is killed by the grudge. By this point, the caretaker is aware of the curse and knows the house's bad news. However, she's forced to enter it upon realizing a close friend of hers is inside. Her close friend dies despite her best efforts, and then she too is killed by Kyoko's spirit. No one can escape the curse. basically the movie i dig it it <laughs> it's what interests me so much is that the movies can be so similar but so drastically different like one was so enjoyable for me and the other was a pain to get like i'm not gonna lie the jew on i was i was tired when i was watching it but i i freaking i fell asleep during it twice <laughs> it, it took me a long time to get through this <laughs> um and it was just it was awful because then they started making the like uh, sound and I was like, oh, God. And then like that was just the worst way to wake up. Mm -hmm. um, but it just it 
couldn't grasp my attention. I don't know why. Um, well, I, uh, there are some reasons why, but overall, I feel like it should have probably been comparable to the American one, but it just wasn't. Um, yeah, and it could certainly be because, um, like, when I watched the Japanese one and then I watched the American one, I saw some things that weren't great in the original improved. And yeah. so that, I think, made me like that more. But I think if you go in reverse, you feel like you're just watching a worse version of a movie that you liked. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I, I can definitely understand that. Uh, it, the, now, the major differences uh, in regards to actual plot is that in the original Japanese one, there's this plot with this detective who they bring back who's on the original case of yeah. the murdered family. And then he goes to burn the house down and he sees his daughter in the future um and then there's this whole storyline with his daughter in the future who also gets killed by the grudge um whereas in the american one they don't have that but they do have this uh character uh, this professor and his wife or girlfriend or something yeah um and he's the one who actually had not not caused the murders but sort of been he was related to them because the wife of the original murderer um, was in love with that professor and he found her journal and that's why he like went crazy basically. And so that's, that's how he's related to the actual story. What, what blew my mind was when he, he finds out his wife's cheating on him, he gets all upset with her and then he immediately just goes and kills the cat. I was just like, that's, it, is, it does make me wonder like, was that her cat specifically? Yeah. yeah, he went straight for that cat. Like, the cat just stood um, no chance. I was just like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it's all just the cat scrudge in the end because he was like, why me? <laughs> yeah, like, that, that cat could, should have been the one killing everyone. Yeah, exactly. I was innocent. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's not often that cats are innocent, so damn. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> but he just drowns that thing. Just imme- like, it just blew my mind how immediate he was like, He's just reading the diary. He's just like, I can't believe my wife's in love with another man. I must kill Cat. That's just, it's just, uh, it just blew me away. But what was interesting was I almost feel like they did that. They killed the cat and showed the cat being drowned. Like, they didn't actually show the cat being drowned. Don't worry. But um, they implied the cat was drowned. So that way they didn't have to make any kind of implication that he drowned Toshio. We kind of had to put that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think it would have been too much. And I think there might be a cultural thing around showing kids dying in the movie in movies you know yeah uh, i know like other countries are a lot more sensitive like like minecraft is banned in some countries because there's baby zombies so it's a dead kid so it's not okay um mm-hmm. so i feel like that's kind of how they skirted around that and the cat kind of served that purpose in an interesting way plus he made the kid just so creepy with his meows i guess they merged when they drowned i don't know yeah yeah that was interesting how they did that uh one point i want to bring up of why a part that i actually really liked in the american one that was quite different than the japanese one yeah is is the character of karen who you know is played by the actor of buffy the vampire mm-hmm. um she she was a part of what actually really not not like the actress herself i mean she did great but just the way that her character was written uh did a much better job of really selling it as a story like a fully connected story a cohesive story with a main character yeah um which was really lacking in the japanese one and the japanese one rika the social worker who essentially played that same role she didn't really feel like a main character it it um, felt like a series of like short stories that you could put together the original japanese. exactly it was like a series of short stories of all these different people who suffer from the curse and and that was kind of neat in a way but I gotta say, I do prefer this remake's way of doing it, where they really want us invested in these characters more. And um, and I think that makes it a lot more effective. And I feel like they, they did such a great job of tying it all together with that one scene where she's walking around the memory of the professor. Mm-hmm. And like it, it, you keep get, like being held in suspense of like, does he somehow see her, even though this is like some kind of memory dream thing? Um, that was a beautifully written scene. I liked that for sure yeah and and also in the american one you know when 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 buffy mm-hmm. well when karen <laughs> comes into the house at the end to save her boyfriend 
yeah. rather than the, her best friends, as in the original, she she starts seeing into the past and sees this professor. Whereas in the Japanese one, it's, of course, that detective, and he's seen into the future at his daughter. And the way that they constructed the remake, uh, you could actually, you could already tell what was happening, right? You could see, oh, she's seen into the past. She's seen this husband, because we already, we are, she's seen this professor, because we already saw him die at the beginning of the movie. He jumped off of a balcony, because uh, the curse was with yeah. him. Um, and so we can already ex- extrapolate that, and we can tell that she's seen into the past. And in the original, it was actually quite confusing, because I felt like we should be seen into the past, because we're trying to see what caused this whole thing. That's what it seemed like it was doing, is it was going to show us little hints at what happened. But instead, it was yeah. showing us the future for some reason, and it was that guy's daughter, which you could not have extrapolated all that much except for that you saw her daughter earlier that was it and so this really like instead of adding to the story like appending something to it this other narrative it felt like it was just already it was just a part of completing this one cohesive narrative which i i really liked how they did that i i agree it was just, it was just so much better set up and it just made it such a much more enjoyable story mm-hmm. um they, and i you can appreciate the Juan the Grudge, the 2002, for having the original like groundworks of everything, but I think that they definitely saw room for improvement and they used that. Yeah. So I admire and that. And of course, you know, they had the same director, and of course, that director had written the original. Mm-hmm. And so I got to give the man mad props for improving upon his work, having other writers come in as well to make an adaptation. Yeah. And of course, we can't ignore the fact that there could be cultural differences at play, or uh, and that's very true. Things that we're used to in the cinema uh, that aren't necessarily true in Japan. Yeah, and so it could just be that since this was made for an American audience, we enjoy it better because we're American. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but well, I also want to say, not only did I think they improved upon the story, they improved upon the horror some as well. It was just little tweaks. Mm-hmm. That made all the difference. Um, one like one little one is the sound they make, the like uh, sound. Yeah. It uh, it sounded like a little different, but a little better in the American one. I don't know if you caught on to that. Yeah, um, I I think I I think I'd agree. Um, it was a little deeper, maybe. Um, yeah, it, it was deeper. It sounded more like echoey. Like it sounded like it was enveloping you rather than just coming from some corner of the room. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. The sound design in general in the American one was just um, a little yeah. bit better. The the way they use the music and everything i'd say was was better and and yeah actually um this the american one got me a couple times like with their their scares oh um the, the bus one is the one that got me the most probably that one got me and actually the first one got me the most the very first scare which is when um in the american one there's actually a second social worker who comes before uh karen yoko yes yeah yoko so she comes first in a way it's it's kind of like a bloodletting um yeah so she actually enters the house first um and she goes up to the attic because she's hearing a sound up there and of course you gotta check it out and she's just holding like a light a ma- like a lighter up there and so it's really dim and yeah the grudge just comes out and it's it's terrifying because it does not look just like a woman in makeup um it, it looks very scary so it she's awful yeah and so it, are, it was already scaring me from the beginning like it, it legitimately got me with that scare so yeah, and that uh, never happened in the original i think the other one that got me is when we find yoko later going down the stairs walking slowly and it turns to it didn't scare me so much as it just made me be like i don't want to see this anymore yeah of, uh, <laughs> I she turns around <laughs> yeah like she turns around and her jaw's missing. That's the missing. That's the jaw we saw oh, in the attic earlier. Yeah, and her tongue is just hanging out. She's just staring, and I'm just like, just look away. Like, please turn back around. This is awful. Yep. And um, um, you know the, um, gosh, I'm forgetting his name in the movie, but uh, the supervised name in the remake, um, uh, of Karen, like Karen's yeah. boss. Uh, first of all, in the original, uh, this this guy he seemed a little creepy like he almost kind of hit on um rika the social worker his his employee a little bit it seems like yeah i don't know he was being a little creepy i guess so from... yeah and so you were already kind of like not really liking him 
but then he takes the same actions like he still comes gets the police like it's all good but then he just end up finding him dead somewhere and it's just kind of like yeah it doesn't hit but this guy like you know he's like a sweet guy he seems like he's a good boss um to to karen and everything and and he's also played by an actor i know uh from scene of the warrior princess he plays joxer on there and he's such and he's like such a sweet guy and so that as well like i knew of course he was gonna die the same way but man like i felt a lot more for him like not a terrible amount because i didn't know him that well but a hell of a lot more than in the original it it just it felt like a shame it was just like oh man that's so sad over yeah like i didn't feel anything in the original i was just like all right yeah and that's like a general trend i'd say is just in the in this remake i the the characters feel a little just a little more rich to me like there's more there yeah there's more developed i i care about them more i sympathize with them more um they're more well connected to the whole narrative it just fits together better and that's that's sort of like the main the main thing i would entirely agree uh Another aspect of the horror that I thought was changed up from the Japanese to the American was we see the ghost in both is kind of like crawling and like she doesn't quite move human like mm-hmm. um, like I wouldn't be surprised if he told me that they like had her like uh, do it all backwards or something and then filmed it and like an edit did it forwards because like she just looks so inhuman the way she moves yeah for um, sure. like it, it freaks me out um but in the japanese one she didn't have rules of where she could be necessarily that that meaning like she could like she popped out of some guy's jacket she was like in someone's jacket or something in the japanese one Oh, well, yeah, I think she was inside of Rika's shirt at one point. Yeah, and that, but, like, she doesn't fit there, which was just strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, it, it felt like she just kept popping out of, like, goofy places that didn't quite make sense. Because, mm-hmm. sure, she's a ghost, but she also has, like, this physical form. And I kind of want that physical form to make sense where it is. Where in the American one, she was always placed in a really creepy place, placed really close to you. Like, at the end, we see her just back-to-back with Karen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like she'll be under the bed sheets or something. She's always in a. It's a place where someone could be, like a the actual physical body could be there, and it makes sense. Um, it doesn't make sense how she got there. That's like kind of her ghost thing. But like, yeah, the physical body fits there, and that the, it made her a lot more real and a lot more scary for me in the American one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last thing, the a weird thing that got me in the American one more than the Japanese one. That I took notice and I appreciated. And I don't know if it's just the quality of film they could use or whatever, or however they didn't post, but blacks were blacker in the American one. Like a dark screen was pitch black, where in this one, you could tell that like it was, it looked like you just had the camera up to something really close and it appeared black because the space, there's no light between the lens and the thing it was on. Mm-hmm. It didn't look pitch black though. There was always, it was always like kind of that light gray black um yeah and it it just did it for me better i guess the black black and just eyes coming out the eyes oh my god those eyes inside only no one's business i hate eyes in the dark that gets me there there's there's a lot of little little tiny things that i appreciate in the in the remake so so one is when the, the the sister of the the husband wife that that move into this house not knowing it's cursed it's interesting. I actually I like her how she acts after hearing things behind her a little better. So in the remake, she she like she hears things behind her. She's creeped out and she actually goes into a stairwell, right? Which for me makes a lot of sense because it's like, all right, I'm going to duck into the stairwell. You know, I can go down, right? Um, and leave if I need to, which feels like that would make sense if you feel like you're being followed. Yeah. And the other one, she went to a bathroom and was just like, all right, I just need to get my mind off of it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the actual scene itself was so scary in the remake where like the lights start going out above her like yeah. one floor at a time. And then the grudge starts to make noise and crawl up from under from under the stairs. So she like can't oh, go down God. or up. 
and so she like has to like just get out of there and then she runs and tells the security guard and then the little thing here is that in the original the security guard dies there he's brought in by the ghost on the camera and he's he doesn't come back out in the remake he actually does come back out and you give this this person a sense of relief uh the, the sister a sense of relief that oh maybe she's just you know yeah she's gone crazy yeah maybe she's maybe it's all in her head but then the spirit sort of comes out of the floor next to the stairwell and starts mm-hmm. walking towards the camera and that's when she panics runs away and goes back to her apartment and and i like that because uh you're first of all you're not sort of making a mess by then you're killing the security guard and how does that make another curse like i don't know instead you're making her feel more alone and isolated because the security guard didn't see anything but she's still seeing something and you also give her a sense of relief but then take it away Mm -hmm. and so you're really getting at her more the way that she acts uh i just like that better and then another one where i like that this one i it's it's a very small detail but it makes a difference for me and that's that near the end of the movie when the caretaker rika in the original and karen in the remake um the grudge is coming after them uh after they try to save you know best friend boyfriend um rika is slow to get out and get up and get out of there i guess because she's really scared or stunned or something Karen, on the other hand, is really slow to get out of there because she's trying to drag her dying boyfriend out of there. Yeah. Right? And and then once she realizes he's dead, she even tries to open the door and then the grudge is there. And so that's just like, it feels like she is trying to survive. Whereas in the other one, it almost feels like she gives up. No, I agree. It felt like there was more effort put in. Yeah. In the remake. Um, that sense of relief you were talking about that always I think that's what makes a great horror director stand out is the ability because it's a trope now that like they're walking through and then you, you know there's a ghost somewhere and they're opening the scary door and they open it and there's nothing you're like oh thank god mm-hmm. and the camera pans back to them and the ghost behind them and it's like oh no oh my god false sense of security um, <laughs> And but then like how many layers do you do that and how often do you do it? And I think that that really makes a horror movie stand out is the frequency of which you can portray these senses of relief, the lure your audience into the false sense of security, because mm-hmm. if you do it too much, it your audience gets so tired, like you you just grow weary of it. Um, yeah, you're like, I know they're all in danger, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like you just, you know, like it's not going to be here because there's too much suspense. You need to have like a couple times where it actually is there. You need to have you, you just need to balance it out and you can't you just can't toy with your audience too much. And like a really great horror director, I feel like knows the difference. They know that line of yeah. where to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, they pulled it off really well in this remake. And I think part of the balance of that is like that bus scene where you just see her in the window suddenly. It's those moments where you're secure not because you saw relief, but because there's nothing happening. But then mm-hmm. suddenly there's that kind of fear. And that helps so much in the foundations of like building that kind of groundwork for expectation of your audience. Undoubtedly. And and another thing I think it does quite well is that um, and, and both movies like to play with this, right? They like to play with the mm-hmm. fact that you can be in public, you can be with other people, you can be sitting in a restaurant or on a bus and if they, they do something that tells you that you're still not done with the curse or the curse still isn't done with you. Like you're still being haunted. You're still doomed, even though you're around a bunch of people. Like they have ways of making you feel isolated, even in public places. Yeah. Um, now, something that the American remake, I think, does differently is that the characters seem more desperate to try to to try to comfort themselves by seeking other people like by not wanting to be alone and like like karen she comes out of the hospital and she visits her boyfriends because she doesn't want to be alone right she knows that something is going on and she you know she wants to escape from it but she can't mm-hmm. and i feel like that's that's a lot that's uh more well done in the in the american remake i no, for sure uh overall do, do you think the japanese 
version did anything better did it have any that that's what i was trying to think about um the one thing i will say that i found maybe more interesting in the japanese one is that while both while both movies like to mess with this idea of being isolated despite being around other people and being in public places i think the japanese one went into that a little bit more um as in it had these public places these these scenes in public where even though it was a public setting there was nobody there um and in fact at the end of the movie it's actually showing all these empty streets uh of the city where there's just no one around for some reason um i think that might be alluding to the fact that maybe the curse has spread and killed everyone um but I just find that 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 interesting. It's sort of that idea of liminal spaces, um, even if that's not quite the correct term. Uh, it, it's this weird feeling that you get in in places that are out of their context, right? So like a city street with nobody on it um, is just creepy because there's supposed to be people on it. Um, and if if they maybe had done more with that that might be something it did better. In this case, that's just something that I find it's interesting that the Japanese one sort of brought that back around a little more. Whereas the American yeah, yeah, one, yeah. it was really just about um, making the characters feel isolated, not really about these isolating settings. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what, what I find curious about the grudge, the premise in itself is it's like you're talking about the grudge spread and maybe like killed a bunch of people, killed a bunch more. Um, is so the idea of a grudge being formed, uh, the curse on the house is that there's a murder there so horrendous with so much rage that it lays a curse upon the area where it happens. Mm-hmm. And what the thing that can, it just confuses me because murder happens all the time. Are there some murders? <laughs> Where people are just like, it could be worse. <laughs> like, there's just no rage behind it. They're just, they're more accepting of it or something. I don't know. Like, what, what's the threshold there? Yeah, it is on a like level of how much sense the curse makes. It is, it is a tad strange. Um, like, yeah, how much rage do you need to have? I feel like people who murder other people or people who are getting murdered tend to tend to be pretty angry. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be pretty. I'd be pretty mad. <laughs> like, Dude, this isn't cool. Come on. So Had at least like another twenty years in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. I that that it is a little weird of a curse. Um, maybe maybe that's why people find something like the ring to be scarier because it's like, oh my gosh, like you watch this tape and, and you're dead. You know, like it's mm-hmm. something you just come across and you do without thinking about it um whereas in this one like it's not you do something that you know you probably shouldn't it's that you go into a house that you have no idea anyone was murdered in um but apparently only some murders do it so yeah yeah, it it could stand to be a little more well defined i yeah that's 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 all i wanted from it and uh (laughs) I'm curious. So the grudge, any movie you see on the grudge stems from there were murders in this house. So it's haunted. And that's the thing you actually see in the real estate agency is like, it's really hard to sell a house where murders happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about really hard. I don't know that much about it, but I know that like in general, it's a big negative. Uh, w- would you move into a house that where people were murdered in? Is that something you would do? Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't take issue if I didn't know that. Like if I knew the people, it'd be a little weird. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. This is where I used to play Xbox with Johnny or something. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely. <laughs> <That's> be, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. Um, going to like the neighbor's house and being yeah. like, oh hey, there's a vacancy. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, probably couldn't do that. But no, if if it's just like, you know, if, if the realtor just tells me like, oh, by the way there was uh, a family murdered here like 10 years ago that would be a problem will it yeah i'll be like no it's fine you know i'll yeah, steam so. the carpets extra yeah. or something like i was just like are there blood stains still yeah <laughs> right. 
Um, but I can understand people being creeped out by that. Um, if if I was like trying to move in with people or a person who was creeped out by that, I probably wouldn't because I don't want them to like live in fear in their own house. But I don't think it would bother me too much. No, I I think I'd be fine with it. Maybe it could make yeah. movies like The Grudge scarier. You know, you watch those at night in your oh, house you go, yeah. where people were murdered. <laughs> I could see that would be ter- scary. Like, oh, would be really terrifying is just like looking up who died and then like taking the news co- newspaper pictures and just hanging them on the wall, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> or you just leave them scattered across the floor. Yeah, exactly. Come over, and then you like you like hide somewhere in the house and make throat noises. Now <laughs> I specifically want a house for someone. To- <laughs> you could probably do that without having a house where someone was murdered um you could just tell people that people were murdered loses authenticity (laughs) (laughs) i will specifically tell the real like if someone wasn't murdered here i don't want it where's the dna yeah you need to sacrifice someone here before i'm going we need some swabs done in here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um yeah i mean overall though yeah I, i think I think it's it's a cool horror idea and and it's and it's that sort of classic poltergeist territory. Yeah. Um angry spirits, right? I mean, it's it's you don't get yeah, I mean, that's pretty classic ghost horror. Mm-hmm. Um it's a, yeah, it's just an angry spirit occupying a house. You know, it's developed a little bit more and I like how they give the spirit a physical body. I think that makes it so much more impactful because Yes. I mean, People like me, especially, I find it hard to believe I'd be all that. Like Duncan Miron, I'd be incredibly freaked out by like a floating ghost. But at the end of the day, if it can't touch me, like it's not as scary. Like it, it can still throw stuff around. It could probably still kill me. But having like a physical thing crawling at you is always going to be more terrifying to me than a uh, a less physical uh, spirit. Yeah, it holds just this whole other level of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I I one I one thousand percent agree with that. Um, I I want to say uh, real quick before we go into our surveys that I I won't talk about it too much because it's not a movie we watch, but the newest remake of The Grudge, the twenty twenty one. Uh, I admire it a lot. It's actually one of the better horror movies out there. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, it's interesting to me that they're still keeping it going. Like they, like they're still taking the idea and running with it, and they're only improving upon it, which I think is just really fascinating. Yeah, um, watch people that. just keep finding better ways. It's it's pretty pretty great actually. I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it a watch. Uh, well, yeah. I guess if we're moving on to the surveys, one tiny thing because I, I was talking about details earlier, and I didn't yeah. actually mention that many. It's because so one of them was that. Uh, Karen, like at the end there, she she's going slowly because she's dragging her boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Like that makes sense. And also another small thing is that in the original, when I was watching this with a couple people, um, when the husband comes upstairs and sees his wife on the bed, like seething, um, mm-hmm. he just kind of like he doesn't know what to do. Uh, like, of course, he's super worried about her, and then he sees the ghost, and he's all freaked out. But they added a tiny little touch in the remake, where the husband comes upstairs, you know, he gets all freaked out, and then he says, I'm going to go call an ambulance. Yeah. And then the ghost appears, and he's all freaked out. Like, just that little tiny thing of, like, he wants to do the smart right thing, but then an angry spirit comes at him. Um, Like, that, that added a whole lot to it. Because it's just another one of those little details where the characters are acting like you would expect people to act. No, that that makes entire total sense. Speaking of that scene, I forgot to mention with the original one, it cracked me up. Uh, There's that there's that scene where she's lying on the bed and she sees the ghostly girl Mm -hmm. and the boy appears next to her. um, And she's looking at them and like so one and one moment it's on her face. And she and then she's looking over, she's all scared, and then it pans to a ghost looking back at her, and then it pans back to her, and she's got the same face, but she is dripping, like she's just drenched in sweat. And like <laughs> in that like two seconds, she managed to just entirely just like excrete every fluid in her body through her face. <laughs> I don't know. It just it cracked me up. I was like, oh my god, she got it. Like Damn. she's like fast. When you get so scared <laughs> that you pissed your face. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Is, <laughs> I don't know if this is continuity or if this is a statement. Like, what's going on? <laughs> um, but I just found that hilarious. If you go back and watch it, it's, it's pretty funny. You could probably make it? a meme format out of that. Probably, yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm ready to hit at the surveys if you are, Ian. Yeah, let's see what these surveys say. Yeah. So, all For right. For both movies, I'm, it's mixed. Who knows? What it's it's mixed. Before. So the scariness, we got a three, four, five, and a seven. Which, like, I don't know how to judge this. I don't know who found which one's scary. <laughs> but it was a three, four, five, and a seven. That's, I'm going to give you those. I'm not even going to average it out. That's all. Um. <laughs> But whatever the case, our paths of fear still remains. Like it, it, it's not too entirely untouched. It should, it shouldn't be changed. Yeah. Yeah. So our four options were paying for sins that were not your own, a malevolent presence haunting you at every corner, those eyes and that sound. The those being two separate ones. Those eyes and then that sound. Because like those, those are two like crazy scare mechanics. I think that the movie had. Yeah. That although they're sure. so simple, I think they needed to be added. Mm-hmm. Um, which do you think took the cakey, and which one was the scariest? All right, I think I can get this one. I, I think. Ooh, I okay, can. okay. I think that the most picked one uh, is the sound. And and before you say anything, oh, okay. Uh, I let's see what the least is. What what are the first two again? So you had paying for sins that were not your own, and a malevolent presence. Um, I'm gonna say that. Uh, I'm gonna give you a hint. Two were tied for least picked, so I want to see if you can get both. I'm going to say that the pain for sins that are not your own and those eyes are tied for least. Oh my, Ian, you actually got it all right this time. I'm yes! so amazed right now. You nailed it. <laughs> I'm amazing. Absolutely perfect. It only took, wow. uh, how many episodes <laughs> have we done so far? Oh God, I don't even know. I don't know. I, I don't even know when we started guessing them. It's been at least like, uh, at least i don't know like seven episodes or something but there you go i've done it um i wanted to mention i forgot to talk about this and it's the reason i put this one in paying for sins that were not your own uh i always take issue with horror movies where things happen just to happen um Mm -hmm. but this one does a good job of establishing that there was a terrible tragedy committed and because of that its effects still rain on the innocent and i can appreciate that it's um that's just how, t- and it's giving the idea of that's how terrible it was that others are suffering for what happened here because mm-hmm. it was such a heinous deed. Um, so it, it kind of worked around that, and I liked that a lot. I thought it, I thought they made it work. Yeah, that's a good point uh, because even though you can't point and say, well, that person did nothing wrong, they just entered this house. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, yeah, like you just said, well, there was a sin committed there, something so terrible that now it's getting innocent people killed. Yeah, exactly. It works. It makes it work. It's not just like they moved into a house, so I guess they're pretty screwed. Um, like the only way I, f- I think those move into a house and they're screwed works is if they get warnings that the house is bad and then they choose to stay like silly people. Um, but yeah, that's so I, I appreciated that they made they made that work, actually. And then we didn't have a what if because like what do you, there's no what if for a ghost. It's not like what would you do if you saw a ghost? I'd like I'd scream. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's, there's not much. What would you do if you saw the grudge crawling down the stairs? Yeah. I mean, you basically you have fight or flight, right? That's yeah, exactly. It's the, the two options. Oh, dude, there was a fight or flight moment that bothered me because like I think it was in the original one. A girl's looking up in the attic. She sees it crawling at her, and. She stares at it a moment and then screams and then runs like with her head all in the attic. Like she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's. The and I was just like, hold on. Tend that, to do that sort of a thing. Um, that's it, not, another that's thing, not fight or flight. Like I was saying, how like in the remake, Karen, like the reason she's moving slowly away from it is because she's dragging someone with her. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, the remake did. It just acted better that way. In the Pete, the act, the decisions the people made made more sense. And yeah. one of those things is that in the original, even the two detectives who come to like find the other detective who's gone to burn the house down, they like f- they see the grudge and then they just like sit on the ground like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then they get killed, at least theoretically. And then the other yeah. guy runs away because he's already done his time sitting on the ground. So now he can run. So mm. <laughs> definitely slow to react in a lot of ways in the original. Yeah. 
which is crazy because like i if you're ever like properly like terrified suddenly you really do like it's it is true fight or flight like yeah. you're actually like you're throwing hands or you're like sprinting faster than you've ever sprinted um yeah you're you're not just i mean it's yeah, possible you to be shocked but you can freeze up that yeah, is the only but you don't you don't scream yeah you don't look at sit it down <laughs> yeah. look at it and then scream yeah it's there's just too many steps yep <laughs> it's just There's too many shitty. steps to not get away yeah. and i feel like at that point it just it even if it's not it it can feel lazy because you would like to see a reason for why they can't get away like mm-hmm. like i would like them to try just make it so that they can't for whatever reason um as opposed to make it so that they uh don't <laughs> right just because it, it i guess it's just because it's easy yeah but anyways back to the survey in light of not really having a what if for a ghost we asked to hear your guys' scary ghost stories uh your experiences with the paranormal uh i don't i personally don't i believe that there could be like something there's like some kind of explanation beyond like you're seeing things or like you've made it up um i haven't experienced it myself and I'm not too terrified of it myself. Uh, but I also don't. I'm not the kind to just like shut people down if they're like, but I saw this and I like, I, I'll believe you that you saw it. I'm not going to just yeah. disregard like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just going to disregard someone who says he's not ghost. That's, mm-hmm. that's their experience. I just haven't had the same. So I can't speak to it. I don't know where you stand on that, Ian. But no, I think that's about where I stand. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I myself, I've never had uh that sort of experience i mean i there have been times where i've like worried about hallucinating but i've never actually hallucinated um like even when i was a night shift security guard and i was like on no sleep at all even then when i was as tired as i've ever been i didn't hallucinate like looking off into the pitch black darkness so yeah i i actually hallucinated the other night um there you go but it was different. I was super tired and driving home. I was not a safe driver. I uh, I should not have been on the road. But don't I try this at home. home, kids. Yeah, don't don't don't. Or, or driving adults. tired is actually terrible. Like don't don't do it. Um, but I I was seeing like small animals on the road, and I thought I it was it was really minor. I thought I was like hitting them or something, but they looked kind of funny. And I realized that they were like made of this weird like brown dust. And when I got too close, they would disappear. But I kept thought, thinking I was going to like hit a bunny or something or hit the little kitten eating french fries. It was just so weird. <laughs> Hitting more uh, bunnies, huh? Yeah, dude. Keeping it up. I just, I take them out, but <laughs> I have a vendetta. <laughs> but it, I don't know why. It was just a weird thing. I hallucinated one other time in Guatemala, also due to fatigue. And that, that was a scarier hallucinations, but mm-hmm. they were hallucinations. I didn't think they were paranormal or anything. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, there, there was a time when I was uh, really little um and i wasn't i guess i'll say two times so there was one time when i was really little where i did actually uh, have an auditory hallucination i i actually heard a as incredibly deep voice coming from under my bed um and i don't even remember what it said but <laughs> it was really scary something along the lines of i'm going to get you but you know scarier yeah um, and then i like you know I like ran out and then, you know, went got my parents bed or something. But I definitely heard that. I remember it very clearly that I heard it. Um and then there was another time, which is explainable, where um I was uh like my like my sister and I would sleep in a bunk bed when I was little, like really little. And uh at one point, like my sister had gone away for a night or something, and so I was alone in the room. So I brought my the dog in with me because, you know, I didn't want to be like alone, you know, because I was kind of a scaredy cat when I was a little kid, you know, I had my like nightlight and stuff. Um, and then like during the night, I woke I like woke up from like a bad dream and I couldn't see my dog. And so I called out to them and then my bed started shaking and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I called for my dog again. And then like my dog came up from under the bed and then looked at me. And I was like, oh. 
It was you. That's great. <laughs> so it was like, I was like scared shitless because like there was this thing coming out from underneath my bed, but it was the dog. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, um. Anyways, I, I ran over and turned the lights on before we read these scary stories. So <laughs> I'm turning my lights off, actually. Oh, okay. I see. A brave man. Um, we have this one. Our first one is, I lived in a haunted house from when I was three until I was about 20. I've had something banging on the wall next to my bed most nights, as well as tables thrown across the room on the first floor of the building a few times. I always heard the sound of a little kid running around on our concrete floors on the first floor late at night when I was down there playing games on my computer. I've also seen figures walking through the house, and for a while, I always felt like they would follow me around the house. Wow. That's, that's just not fun. I'm turning my light back on. oh gosh what what and what's interesting about yours is um i guess the tables is kind of a loved one but i'm always curious like are ghosts always ghost stories written as my loved ones it feels like i always love ghost stories where they're not necessarily well i mean it's sort of human nature though to consider something that is different um yeah to be dangerous uh it is and that's where you know racism and um and uh just yeah i mean xenophobia that, that's where it all comes from um yeah it, it's a terrible trait of humanity but i always i love seeing like kind of the different idea yeah painted. even though if i saw something it could be a sweet old grandma but if she looked like a ghost i would i'd be throwing hands with said grandma <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and then you realize she's just really pale yeah <laughs> She's pale. The light was on it wrong. Here, here's your dentures back. I'm wanted I'm sorry. for manslaughter now. It's just all bad. <laughs> Damn. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Did uh, I go hard? Okay. Yeah, you, you didn't take no. any chances. <laughs> <laughs> um. So our next one is when I was 11, my friends and I convinced each other that we were haunted by a ghost. We all thought that we saw or heard a strange woman who seemed like a ghost. However, I think we're all just spooked due to being in an unfamiliar place. I love those. I love those nights of being spooked. Like, Mm-hmm. camp like campfire stories you know yeah like, with other really people yeah, being spooked alone much better with other people that's is awful. no fun until like maybe some point you like get to tell a story about it mm-hmm. or like it has a funny aspect to it that you can tell but in general being spooked alone is just kind of sucky well and what sucks about being spooked alone is like if you do see something you can't confirm with other people that like nope you didn't see it so it's just terrifying it's a true spook when you're alone yeah um for sure um which which they play with in this movie yeah um but yeah yeah like uh yeah getting just poop with friends in a way it's fun even if it's scary mm-hmm. at the time like you can sort of reminisce about it and be like remember that time when we like saw that thing and like we almost died that was great so uh, there's there's this really long one that i'm going to save for the end because i think it's going to be a fun one uh they went into great detail so i'm going to go on to this last one i'll come back to it it was one time I went to a house that my friend said everyone she knew who'd ever gone there had seen a ghost. I was so excited, but when we got there, I didn't see or feel, see, hear, or feel anything. But one night when I'd given up hope, I saw a human shape, but there was something wrong with his head. I was like, this is it. Then I realized it was just my friend getting out to go to the bathroom with impressive bedhead. <laughs> That's an awesome bedhead. Wow. Something was well. wrong with its head. Uh, imagine <laughs> like. Cheap imagine being like instead of being like oh you got a new haircut and <laughs> something wrong with your head yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> is that why you look different <laughs> so, so i'm just gonna ask did you change your head anytime like people get a haircut now? <laughs> uh, um so our last one here please enjoy i got the heebie-jeebies just thinking about it again Let me start by saying my very religious grandmother would disown me if she knew I did this, but here we go. So, in high school, my buddies and I had the great idea to explore an abandoned and notably haunted hotel nearby. The Preston Springs Hotel was built in the late 1800s and sold throughout its lifetime and laid abandoned for decades until it was recently demolished. Now, enough with the history lesson and on to the spooks. As you had expected, it all started lighthearted and all in good fun, but that quickly changed. Wherever we went, it felt like something was watching us. There was also this overwhelming feeling of dread and sadness that seemed to follow us wherever we went. The whole hotel was dark and dingy, and uh, and a bad smell, I can only describe it as smelling like ass. 
But once on the entire hotel, I was not looking forward to exploring was the basement. As we walked through the hallway leading to that room, the temperature fell to the point of seeing our breath. You know, kind of odd, seeing as it was the middle of summer. But you could still pass all of this off as paranoia and just our minds connecting things that aren't related. We got into the basement, and I swear an old man was hiding behind one of the boilers. After that, I wanted nothing more than to leave as fast as possible. No thank you. Throughout the trip, I noticed something in the corner of my eye and brushed it off as nothing, but after the basement sighting, I just couldn't. I mean, after being in a sanitarium and a neglectful retirement home, there's got to be something spooky. In short, never again. And I do not claim any negative energy that may have been present. That's it. I thought there was more of that than that. That's why I left off in a weird tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Man, I I can't say I uh, would ever have gone into an abandoned hotel with friends. That is oh, I, ballsy. I would. I can I can 100%. So I, I'd have a knife because I, I feel like I, if there was like a crazy homeless man there or something, like just crazy people squatting there, I'd be terrified mm-hmm. of that. But I'd have my knife for that yeah i mean like um i mean maybe now i could picture doing it with a few friends uh i mean mm. kind of depends i mean a lot of times that's illegal you know i mean uh, you know those places would have like no entry and whatnot so i mean maybe yeah. not but maybe maybe um first of all thank you for actually taking the time to write that all out mm-hmm. uh, but that that sounds like an actual like you know like movieable ghost story right there i mean 1800s abandoned hotel um seeing something in the corner of your eye feeling dread just around everywhere sadness and dread i mean yeah man i just um the breath thing is what gets me because like that's that's real you know that's that's a physical thing you can see that you can't mistake yeah you see your breath you know yeah, and for me i think the part that got me actually was the sort of feeling that dreadness around you because even if even if right there there weren't paranormal things um going on there right uh there's there's still very much it's like environments for for people um they do carry around this sort of emotion that you can prescribe to it because of the context right instead of like a hotel seeing it as you usually would seeing it with um people in it um you know, like a lobby with people in it, something, someone behind the desk or, you know, at least like a clean hallway. Instead, you're seeing this, what used to be. And so you're seeing this decay and this abandonment. There's no more people here where there used to be. And and there really is like a lot behind that. And so, yeah, I, I definitely can see why, why anyone would uh, feel that way walking in there. I always, I, I truly believe that people have some weird sixth sense of like knowing they're being watched. And I think like, cause I, there's so many times when like you'll turn around on the bus and someone is looking at you or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. It, I, it, even if we don't, it certainly feels like we do. So it feels like we do. And I, but I think that, uh, we, we can easily trick ourselves into feeling like what, there is something watching us. Like if we let it go through our head, we kind of like trigger it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely if you're thinking about it yeah exactly and it's probably just because like when we were running through the plains of the savannah we always had to be worried about being watched yeah it it stems from that probably but um yeah that i hate that feeling that is like the worst feeling yeah i feel for you in that yeah like i'm always more scared of a ghost that'll sit there and watch me than mm -hmm. i am of a ghost that's going to like yell in my face or something that just i i hate that idea of just being watched in relating it to a horror movie as well in a way when you get when you feel like you're being watched right you sort of turn from being like you know you're in the real world and uh you know this is your own life and you're sort of in control of things and it kind of flips it to where when you're being watched you know the audience is the real world whoever's watching you is the real world and whatever happened anything could happen to you right mm-hmm um because you're no longer that that sort of main person you're being watched you know you are the the entertainment <laughs> yeah um and so anything could happen to you you're stoner number two that dies off in the third scene or something that's right yeah it's so maybe that's part of it <laughs> i and i think part of why we hate the idea of just being watched or at least i do is because if something's just watching you it means that they 
that they're studying you, that they don't have any reason to be afraid of you. Um, yep. If you know they're watching you and like they're not worried about you doing anything about it. So it just means like you just have no power there. There's nothing to do. Yeah, totally. And um, I hate that. yeah, you lose that power dynamic just by virtue of being the one watched. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I mean, and that's how it is with, um, you know, predators and prey, right? Yeah. Um, prey are watched. Predators do the watching. So yeah. we can definitely feel that. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that story. Is uh, uh we gotta wrap things up right about now. Ian, is there any last words you want to say? Uh, all I gotta say is uh, I hope you enjoyed this weird episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll actually make an official way of doing movies and their reboots or remakes together. Yeah, it'd be fun to have like a little series of just like comparing remakes yeah something like that um this was a little messy because it's sort of just a regular podcast but two movies <laughs> that are like yeah. almost the same um so yeah but i hope you enjoy it thank you all so much for watching and if you guys want to be a part of our audience we show movies every friday night uh then click on that discord link that we have down in the description and we hope to see you around yeah, and one of these days, I'm actually going to get our website up. <laughs> so, Heck yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't one of those days, but when, when it is up, you'll be able to find it at pathsafir.com. We did get the domain, didn't we? I'm so impressed with this. Oh, yeah. I'm paying all for right, it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing Thank out yet. <laughs> Thank you all so much for stopping by, and have a wonderful day.